Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues. Hello there and welcome to Examiner Sports League Review, brought to you by Allianz, league sponsors for 27 years. And on today's programme, pitch imperfect, more woe for Cork GA as Porky Cueve chops up. Banner bliss, the good times are back for Clare Hurling. No hangover, Limerick's winning streak continues. And camogie chaos, more woe for the game in Wexford. Big story from the weekend, wasn't so much what was happening on the pitch, but the pitch itself, the pitch in question being Porky Cueve. Michael Moyne and Owen Cormacan were there for us on Sunday. Uh, Michael, rolling your eyes yet again. And rolling the pitch. Nice of it. And it was already very badly torn up. And by the time the hurling game came, um, it did look dangerous to me, to my untutored eye. Uh, players were slipping, sliding, losing their footing. I'd say um looked dangerous in the sense that players were obviously trying to go, turning, their footing was leaving them down. And... I would say prime for a cruciate ligament kind of injury. Um, it looked terrible. It was just completely substandard. Okay, Owen, oh, you're nodding in agreement there. You spoke to the managers from uh, Kildare and from Cork afterwards. Uh, nobody really going hell for letter in terms of criticism, but uh, you could read between the lines very much so. And the point that Michael made with regard to, I suppose, the pitch you know, exposing players to potential injuries is the one that Keane O'Neill made, even if he didn't say it. In as many words, the point Keane made was that you know players were finding it very, very difficult to turn. They were losing their footing. And as Michael rightly pointed out, your foot gets caught in a divot and your leg goes one way and you go the other way. You know That's an ACL. We had that incident above in Clare and Armagh um, with Dermot Collin breaking his, his ankle because, according to Colin Collins, the pitch was, wasn't suitable. And I suppose we were somewhat fortunate that across two games that there was no major injuries. But both managers just pointed out that pitch wasn't conducive to in any way decent football standing leg was an issue as well that players were the standing leg was going from them because the pitch wasn't stable and the cork penalty came from the very fact that ron o'neill lost his footing again because of the pitch and i know michael came in for the the hurling but even 25 minutes half an hour into the first half of the football it was clear that the the playing surface was already desperately torn up and there was maybe 10, 12 lads at halftime with the pitch forks out. Um, so you, you could see what was coming down the line for the hurling, that it was going to be a, a total disaster for the hurling match. Yeah, I was just going to ask you the timeline of it. Was it a case from the warm-up that you saw issues or was it as the game developed? No, it, it was the warm-up um, and the Kildare footballers warmed up in front of the um, the north stand. Now, make sure if my stand's correctly. The north stand is just the single-tier stand. Yeah, the north stand. Kildare warmed up in front of the north stand 
um, and a very tight warm-up and it was quite intense and you could see in the circle where they were doing their warm-up that it was already beginning to cut up uh, majorly. I took a picture and posted it on social media. That was only 25 minutes into the first half and it was already very cut up. Um, they tried to address it at half-time um, to, to little joy um, and it was very poor again for the second half and I, I saw um, one comment on Twitter that someone that was involved with the Ballon colleague under 11s who played at half-time in the at halftime in the Corkildare match in in the mini games, just described it as sand painted green, and that was at halftime in the the first match of a double header. And Michael, then obviously the hurling uh, impacted hugely by the the surface, given that you're already now after seventy minutes of football, and you're into this scenario, and the mini games as well. Even though obviously the pitter patter of those little feet you know I, I was fearful for some of those children that they might vanish forever um, but yeah it, it had a big impact on the hurling game because obviously there were players running after balls and trying to judge the bounce and the bounce would just be dead and then fellas would slide into each other and you know you're always only one slip away from a serious injury and both managers again I think there's a I think there's a, a sense with managers certainly when they lose a game that they want to complain about the pitch but are afraid of saying, well, we would have won by six goals if the pitch wasn't so terrible. And there was a sense of that with the hurling and it, I'd say probably with the football as well. What was interesting was Davy Fitzgerald said, we knew coming down that the surface was terrible. I'm paraphrasing. So straight away, Cork in a situation where teams are approaching matches in Parky Heave and predicating their approach on a terrible playing surface. And I think straight away there's an issue for the GA because it means that teams are not approaching games in Parky Heave the same way there on other surfaces. Okay, what was also interesting was after the game, when you went looking for comment from the Cork County Board, what was the, the response? Yeah, I mean, the obvious question to ask was, say, someone from the Cork County Board, have you any comment on this playing surface? And I was told that those inquiries were to be directed towards Peter McKenna, the stadium director in Crow Park. As we all know from before Christmas, Crow Park have taken a very active role now in the running of Parky Keeve. But it's a surprise that 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 it's at a micromanagement level that if you have an issue with the playing surface that you must ring um, an office 166 miles away as opposed to have somebody on site who is willing to discuss uh, how poor the surface is. Okay, going back to your story with Peter McKenna before Christmas in relation to the pitch, what exactly is the plan for the pitch in Parky Creeve two years after it was laid first time? Yeah, well, Peter McKenna was unambiguous and said aggressive replacement uh, of the surface was needed. Now, he was contradicted a couple of days later by the first or one of the first meetings of Stod Cushley's board of directors, board of directors of the holding company which runs Parky Keeve. And I'm paraphrasing, but they said what was needed was some treatment before the National League and a replacement down the line. Now, I leave it to anyone who was in Parky Keeve or watched it last night in the television to judge whether that work was done, whether that work was done to the correct standard, whether more work is done, I would be inclined to side with Peter McKenna's evaluation as a layman looking at the pitch that it looks terrible, that it obviously isn't playing properly and needs to be aggressively replaced. He's the person, after all, who runs the stadium. That was his expert view. It was contradicted by the board of directors. And to be honest with you, their notion that you could replace it next year or the year after Fair enough, but as you say, it's only there a couple of years. You know, I think when you take that in conjunction with the appalling sight of the terraces, there are serious questions that need to be answered. Okay, explain that about the terraces. 
Well, obviously there was what seven thousand people under seven thousand people at the match yesterday. Just, so just uh, sorry, and we'll come back. Just on that point, were you surprised by that crowd? Yes, and I would have thought, even listening unscientifically listening to the crowd, I thought it was a fair Kildare um, contingent um, there. But I, I would have thought it would be getting up to maybe nine or ten. There was a very good crowd on Saturday night, a far worse night um, in the gate. It comes in terms of temperature, etc. I think there's only nine thousand. Um, yeah, I would I would have thought it would be another one or two thousand on top of what was there yesterday, but. Obviously, the terraces weren't weren't open; they were empty. And as you looked at the terraces down towards the ground end, they were very shabby, blackish green. I'm not sure if it's moss, algae, grass, whatever is growing. But again, for a stadium that's just a couple of years old, that should still be brand spanking, shiny new. And everywhere you look, your face should be nearly reflected in the cleanliness. And again, I mean, it's an appalling image because. If you were watching the highlights even on telly last night, you know, the ball's going over the bar or, you know, TG Cahar, and you can see this stained, shabby look behind the goals. It just looks terrible. So, Owen, I'm going to bring you back in there. I suppose taking the longer-term view, the short-term pain would be to look outside the Parky Quay for the remainder of the league if you are hoping to have things in ship shape for the championship. Well, Parky Rin was perfectly adequate for... League games while Porky Cueve was being redeveloped, so there's no problem why the league games can't go back down the road. As Michael touched on, there was only just under seven thousand at this double header yesterday, which would show that you know if you get seven, Porky Rin is more than capable of hosting games with the crowd of seven thousand. Cork have two remaining uh, home games in the league, and the Cork footballers have two games which are doubling up with the, the ladies. So I suppose the common sense would suggest that those. Six games, the two double headers and the two standalone hurling fixtures are brought down the road to Porky Rin, and whatever needs to be done with Porky Cueve is done with Porky Cueve, so that when we come to the summer, and you have a potential Cork Tip Munster semi final in Cork, and if Cork were to get through that potential Cork Kerry Munster football final, that those games can be played in Porky Cueve and on a decent surface. Okay, you mentioned as well too that it isn't just the male footballers that will be suffering as a result of all of this because history was due to be made uh, later this month with the ladies. Long overdue history, um, because as we saw in that recent Breedstack interview and, and numerous other interviews with, with those ladies footballers from that golden era for Cork ladies footballers, not one of them um, set foot in Parky Cueve in its old existence. Um, that was to be brought to an end on February 23rd, when they were to play the Tipperary ladies in a curtain racer to Cork Mead. Going on yesterday's evidence, there'll probably be no further games um, played in Porky Cueve for the remainder of the spring, as was suggested throughout social media. So those Cork ladies are going to have to wait now, and the likelihood is that they won't get the opportunity this spring to play in Porky Cueve, which is which is sad. Just one small issue. This is not to contradict Owen, but of course this is where everything comes together. See, the Porky Cueve premium tickets were probably sold predicated on tickets for top-class league matches. So straight away here, now you have the clash of the need to earn money or the need to justify the tickets that were spent with, you know, the common sense decision, which would be to have, you know, a decent crowd, rocking Park Arena, good surface, you know, a decent game. And this is the, the cleft stick now, of course, that the Cork County Board finds themselves in. OK, let's get back to the action though on the field very quickly. Uh, I, we've, we've gone through the negatives of the pitch. Were there any positives from the hurling perspective? Not too many because, uh, you know, Wexford were, were better and deserved 
deserved their win. Um, and again, uh, my impression from Don Lomani when he came in, the Cork selector, was he didn't want to complain too much about the pitch because they'd, they'd lost. And as he was saying, that had nothing to do really with that. But um, Cork don't look um, you know, that interested in the league, which is easy to say when they've lost two matches. And as I said the last time here, I actually think the, the absence of relegation is, yeah. is affecting the league generally even though the Matt Saturday night, in fairness, was pretty competitive. But uh, I, don't think, I don't think that John Moyler and the selectors learned a lot that they didn't know already uh, before yesterday's match. OK, Owen, in terms of uh, the football, very much a, an opportunity lost? Absolutely. Um, Cork will be disappointed when they look back on that, as I said in today's report. Um, they hit eight wides in the first half, and Ronan was particularly frustrated with their shot selection afterwards. I think mean, it's a game in hindsight they'll, they'll come to look upon as one they, they certainly could have taken two points from um, but just didn't take the opportunities when they had them and certainly didn't capitalise on their numerical advantage um, almost retreated when they went a man up which was which was strange to watch but they'd be very disappointed and I suppose they're going to Ennis now next week haven't beaten Clare in the last two years in the league um, and you know they've only one point from two games so that becomes now an absolute must win and if it doesn't then talk of, of potential relegation to Division 3 begins and again that's just more negativity that Cork football could do without at this moment in time No we had a high scoring game in Ennis yesterday where Clare bounced back from defeat by Tipperary with a win over Kilkenny. John Fogarty was in Cusick Park for us and uh, John was it as entertaining as the scoreline suggests? Hurling and February just don't go together really um, the scoreline in and as yesterday might be a championship scoreline, but it certainly wasn't um, championship quality. Not that we were going to expect it. I expected there was going to be a bounce back from, from Clare after the disappointment of losing to Tipperary. Um, so you could argue heavily in, in Torres last week, but again, that would have been coloured by the fact they lost Tony Kelly in the early in the second half to that red card. But here they were um, certainly the better team. The scoreline mightn't have suggested how good they were or how better a team they were than Kilkenny they went ahead early in well, midway through the first half and didn't surrender that lead at all does look like it's going to be an up and down league for all the counties a step back for Kilkenny after last week's impressive win over Cork Kilkenny will be a little bit concerned with, with a couple of areas the fact that they were beaten in the air um, a lot of the time certainly from the half back line uh, by Clare um, that's not like Kilkenny and Brian Coley uh, admitted that afterwards but Derek Ling his assistant his selector afterwards also mentioned that the fact that they were experimenting a lot and you could see that the likes of Jerry Elwood who we know as an in, uh, as an inside forward was half forward and there was a bit of a mismatch as much as he did start very well on him and he did have a couple of chances he there was a bit of a, a height disadvantage for him against uh, Conor Cleary um, so Cleary came into that game as much as uh, Edward started very well it was in midfield where um, Clare really dominated uh, Colin Galvin was at the heart of everything that Clare were doing well and he was he was very impressive alongside Shane Golden and Jerry O'Connor mentioned uh, Golden afterwards and he mentions the fact that Dermot Ryan a young fella who had a difficult game in Torres the, the previous week um, performed here and that's probably a, an element of the league this year if because there's no relegation or because we're expecting there's no relegation guys like Dermot Ryan 
aren't getting dropped off the. It's not that cutthroat. He's not getting dropped off the panel after a poor performance. He's get, uh, dropped off the team, I should say. He's getting another opportunity to perform, perform the following week. Whereas if we were in the cutthroat nature of last year's league, where there was relegation and where, where there was a need to win so many games, uh, he might have been dropped for that. So um, that is one thing we're seeing, I think, in the league this year. The, 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 a good bit of development, a good bit of um, trial and error from managers, whereas in previous years they didn't have that. That might be affecting the quality of games in a way, but I don't think we're going to find any managers giving out too much about having the, having the opportunity to, to, to give guys a go and to, to give guys a... Um, I look because uh, they're going to need it come the, the Munster and the Leinster Championships Cork are out of the Championship where did this ferocious determination out there today come from the media every one of them wrote us off there was a statement in the Cork Examiner last Saturday or last Friday that there are four men on the Limerick team that would be afraid to go into a dark room there's the answer today to those, those four men again. And you're that hurt by those remarks? I'm certainly am hurt. And the players were more hurt. And they're the ones who were insulted this week. And they proved it today that they have this. Now, uh, Michael Moynihan has just about thawed out from his trip to the Gaelic Grounds in Limerick on Saturday night. Uh, Michael, what, was it as cold as it looked on television? Minus two when I sat into the car afterwards. Um, it was, it was very cold. I think on television, the fog looked heavier. It was visible there, but it wasn't, it wasn't uh, that obstructive. But um, very cold. But, it, you know, it was a very good game. And actually, <laughs> without, you know, doing the dog and the walk on the surface afterwards was quite good. It was, the surface was firm, but it wasn't frozen because um, the temperature really dropped uh, in the darkness. But yeah, it was, it was a good game. It was competitive. You know, Limerick deserved to win because, you know, I don't think Tipper quite at the races. Um, there seems to be so many hints and clues everywhere that Tipper doing heavy training that I just presume they're training all day, every day, and it might have just taken a bit of the edge off them. But, you know, Limerick, Limerick were deserving winners. Yeah, well, we, we've so often seen, Michael, teams that win an All-Ireland Championship and especially teams that are ending a, a title famine. There's a bit of a hangover that runs quite an amount into the following spring. Very much... Not the case with Limerick. Yeah, but I mean, it is it is very early. And the funny thing about those hangovers is that obviously in January they're strictly denied and then come September, October, everyone says, well, we probably took 5% off us. All right, it is, it is very early to be saying that. But like Limerick do look um, like a team that really has knuckled down and really has focused. And the way they play as well, I'm not saying it's easy for them, but they know what everybody is doing, you know, whereas, let's say with Tipperary, for instance, Liam Sheedy is in and may not have nailed down quite how he wants the team to play. He's missing a few guys. Like, Limerick are pretty close to full strength as well, which a lot, a lot, not a lot of people are picking up on. A lot of other counties are really going half and half and trying fellas. And, you know, they are a very good team. But what you could see was, you know, there was no panic played the way they want to play, fellas you know, pick pick each other out. They don't panic when they're down a few and you know, they reeled Tipperary in. Okay. What about the return of Liam to Tipperary? What is Tip two point or twenty nineteen in terms of last year? Yeah, it's interesting because obviously Sheedy was there in around oh six oh seven when they had that great minor team, the under twenty one team, which you know, the Mahers and Callan and um Cahill and all these guys who backboned their their team in the last decade. So it's kind of interesting is he just trying to get one more year or two out of them and blend them with some of those under-21s, you know, and he's obviously a guy 
who was a very special way about him. I could see him doing that. But just in terms of how he wants them to play specifically, you know, fair enough, the work rate is there and they're trying hard. But, you know, you can see what Limerick are doing and they're doing the same thing as they were last year to a certain extent. Whereas with Tip, you know, it's still not quite clear because I'd say they are doing heavy training. They're trying a few different fellas and they've a lot of players to come back. Uh, Bubbles cried off and he say he would be a big part of their plans. So, um, but say the two Mahers now in the half back time where you'd expect them to be in the summer. And I suppose James Barry came back and did okay at full back, and that's a problem position for them. But yeah. he's a fellow who solves that problem. So, you know, it's it's taking shape a little more slowly, we say, than Limerick, where you kind of know what to expect. And, and do you think, finally, across the match, as you've seen in the league, uh, A, the lack of relegation, and B, the new championship format, is that changing? managers and players approaches to the league well I would say teams are probably doing a lot more physical stuff now because they can taper it especially with the um, the lack of relegation and the fact that they have a handle on what to expect from last year the, the game's coming thick and fast and like in fairness to Cork they tapered that quite well last year they were poor in the league but they, they timed their fitness run say well whereas with Tip maybe it was the opposite they kind of invested maybe a little too much in the league and maybe they were a little bit short come the championship but you know, the margins are so fine. You know, if, if Jake Morris's shot had gone in against Clare last year, everyone would be saying the tip had timed everything perfectly. But, you know, the width of a post and Clare got on the field and everything they did was a mistake. You know what I mean? So, like, we could be here in a few months' time saying that Limerick had shown too much in the league and were caught on the line in two games and then, you know, everyone's a donkey. Now, from the Gaelic grounds in uh, Limerick, we're going to head up the road to Garton Galway from Saturday to Sunday. We're changing codes as well. We're going to Camogie. Owen was following the uh, broke the story actually last week regarding uh, the downfall of Wexford Camogie and the huge fine that they um, well not so much a fine I suppose uh, a grant half a grant that they lost uh, four and a half thousand euro for failing to field against Cork in the Littlewoods Camogie League. They fielded. On Sunday against Galway, uh, fielded probably the wrong word on. Probably, I think you have to put fifteen players in the field to qualify as fielding a team. They um, they put thirteen on the field, so they're it was going in the right direction, even though that awful scoreline, which I, I won't repeat from Gort, um, shows that there is just a tremendous amount of work to be done there and and a mess that really needs to be sorted out. Um, a new county board was appointed in December and they would appear to have their hands full in this was rooting out the problems that were there. Um as you rightly said, the week previous they failed to field against Cork in Castle in Cork as a result. Half of their nine thousand WGPA grant was withheld from them. Um a suitable punishment in my opinion because for many seasons a lot of counties in the lower tiers weren't fielding in the closing rounds of the league because they knew their their race was already run and they were just ringing up opposition counties and saying look we've nothing to gain from this so we're not going to travel to you which is it's not a, a proper culture to have so that's why this rule was brought in um so wexford had four and a half grand which was which was taken off them um could only manage 13 players going up to go i suppose it is an improvement on the week previous but just so much to be done there and it's really really disappointing because this is a county that won three in a row between 2010 and 2012 have been regular all-ireland semi-finalists over the past number of seasons brought cork to extra time in the 2016 all-ireland semi-final and then to go from from there to this where they lost their first game by seven 
good and feel for their second game had only 13 for their third game and were beaten by a cricket score it's it's sad to see the fall of such a uh, one of the game's once dominant forces and we'll come back to that in a moment is it true though that uh, Galway reduced their playing numbers themselves in the second half they did um, uh, they did but I suppose the scoreline at half time in Gort um, was 8-10 to 2 points so Galway could have taken off a couple more if they wanted like to, it was a farce. Let's be honest. That game was a farce above and Gort. That game was over within a couple of minutes. Galway were were running in goals. So um, yeah, they they made a thirteen aside at half time. Um, Galway probably for the purposes of securing the two league points had to start with fifteen because they had to tick the box themselves to make sure they got their two points. But then they took off their two girls at half time. Are Camogie at Crow Park saying or doing anything? From what I've seen, and I, I've I've called put into the Camogie Association. I I know I've seen a couple of GPA or. WGPA um, members I won't say executives but members who are saying that this is a Wexford situation it's Wexford that need to sort it out while that may be true no doubt they could certainly do with a helping hand be it from the WGPA or be it from Crow Park to help them get their house in order and um, I think we've seen that last year with Kerry and their ladies football and their finances they had a terrible start of the year both on and off the field that thankfully was sorted out and, and they seem to be um, in decent enough health so you'd hope the same could happen for Wexford in the next couple of weeks because certainly they do need help and certainly um, Camogie doesn't have enough top tier counties that they can do without Wexford and thanks indeed to all our guests John Fogarty Michael Moynan and Owen Cormacking along with Larry Ryan for their help and assistance in producing this week's edition of the Examiner Sport League Review brought to you by Allianz league sponsors for the past 27 years We're back again, same time, same place next Monday. Hopefully we'll have your company for that. And don't forget, you can download this podcast on SoundCloud, on iTunes and on irishexaminer.com. Allianz. Supporting all 32 counties through the Allianz Leagues. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.